You're not even thinking about it. This is just love. And you know God even planted in, in some, some animals. Don't go near a dog that has puppies. God hardwired into them, they will fight you. Why? To defend the puppies. That's why they bite sometimes. They've been known to bite people in the household. I've seen a, a hen attack our dog when we were young. And Tipsy, was it? Yes, Tipsy was that dog. And Tipsy was not a soft dog. You know some dogs that when you do like this, you will run. Tipsy. It stood this ground, though, but I saw this hen attack. The dog didn't run. When this hen attacked, the guy tried to bite the hen back. The hen will back up, attack the dog again. Ah! You know the fear? Why? She had chicks. She had chicks. And the dog was just going its own. I remember that our dog didn't, and he liked to, it didn't cause uh, trouble for anybody. It's only if you cross his path. But the hen mistook his advance as an attack on her territory. Charged at the dog. I see something that I say, ha, this is love. Love for chicks. Chick. Chick. So when people love, they, they, they sacrifice willingly. Are you getting my point? Let me say it to you again. Every money somebody has given so that God can multiply it, God did not accept it. It doesn't make sense. He never blesses disobedience. Like that man who was talking, eh, that he, he was healed by the power of a thousand dollar seed or whatever seed. I said, look, forget this thing. Don't let God collect that healing back. I felt like sending him that message I preached a few weeks ago when I talked about blessings on credit. I said, God blesses on credit. He knows that if I don't heal you now, you will die. When you die now, I mean, what are we going to do about it? So let, you are stupid, you don't know anything, but we'll heal you anyway. You will learn later when Benihim repents. Instead of you, you know, instead of you now, you know, correcting yourself, you want to be arguing. Huh. Because those who genuinely love, they don't need any scheduling. Paul said to the Philippians, to the Corinthians, this is to prove the genuineness of your love. Listen, Christianity is self-denial. We deny ourselves for everything. Of course, all of them under God. We deny ourselves for our loved ones. Do you get my point? We deny ourselves for our friends. We deny ourselves for our friends. <laughs> I know one man. I heard the story. Okay, I think his pastor came to tell me the story. Man is in prison, still in prison today from what I know. Big man, you know, big military man. But there was an issue that happened, something, something, somebody died along the way and all of that. So they rounded him and some other guys up. And he's a high-ranking military officer. And they were jailed. And people tried to pull, you know, strings, everything, to get him out. You know why he's still in jail? He said, if you are getting me out, you are getting everybody out. So they left him in prison. Eh? Leave me there. And I'm not talking about two days, old, not three years, old, not five years. Old. He said, forget it. I'm not leaving here and leaving the other guys. That's what, I don't know whether he's a believer or not, but that's what people are doing. The Christians can't give until you promise them something. <laughs> and Christians can't give. Look, listen. Christianity is self-denial. 
is self-denial. You live for something else apart from yourself. Yes, I could have built that big house, but I've checked the other things I could do with that money. I could have gone here, but what about the people that I'm mentoring here? No, my brother said it that time, where he was working. That's when he read the book, Don't Quit the Army. He got a job in a bank. They assigned his papers, everything, time to leave. They stumbled into the office to come and do something. Just picked one of our books, read the back. And he went back to the secondary school where he was teaching. The bank had given him the job. Just come and collect posting. He had signed his guarantor from everything. Just to come and collect posting. He never went back because he read the book titled, Don't Quit the Army. And he realized the way I'm working right now, he thought of the young men, the young boys, young girls. No, I don't, maybe a boys' school or something. This is a boys' school, yes. Thought of the young boys that he mentors, that he teaches, that he trains. I said, no, not now. That's the Christianity. It's called self-denial. It is self-denial. We deny ourselves. We deny ourselves. Listen, we deny ourselves. And listen, no, you know, I began all of this, but I don't explain something. Let me get back to it, okay? I think I just think I should get back now to what, what I was saying earlier. I hope we can get to our message for today, which we are trying to be get, we have been trying to get to since last week. But you know, you just keep preaching. Like I always say, we'll be back again next week. So, Let's keep preaching. Listen, it's in little, little things we are sowing the seeds, you understand, for the destiny of tomorrow, for great things. It's in little things. We are sowing the seeds. You know, I, I went into all of this. I know where I went into that. It's been a while ago. I'll try and get back there, but I just need to finish delivering this. So, those seeds of self-denial starts in little things. It's not in great things. My experience in life... I've never taken anybody serious who promised that, ah, oh God, one day, we're going to give Kingdom Word 10 million naira. As you are saying it, I'm forgetting it. In fact, please don't tell me anything like that. I hope you get my point. Don't come and tell me. Wait till the day you give it, then you tell me, say, oh God, it was me. Hey, and I'll go, thank God for your life. No, I'm saying so. Those who say such things, they are not going to give you 10 million. Forget it's a lie. You know those who give you 10 million? Those who are giving you 10 naira now. Thank you. Those who are giving you 20 naira now, who are giving you a thousand, who are giving you five thousand, who are giving you ten, according to what God has given them. But the man that will have it, his 200 naira now, work it all by himself. Have five thousand, work it all by himself. Keep on explaining that economy is hard, things are hard, things are hard. When he has 10 million, he also have what to do with it. Please hope you're getting my point. So it's the little things. Let me just take young people. That is how you give offerings. Don't wait till you are rich. Wait till you have the opportunity, that's all. Not till you are rich. As soon as you come out from school, even, what am I, what am I talking about school? You are in school. They give you money, small extra money that you have. Share with your friend. That's where offering giving comes from. It's not when you wrap it. You know? You know, you tie it with rope and say, this is the Lord. And I see Christians do things like that. And they don't read their Bible well. If you read your Bible, you will do some of those things. Jesus said that. He said, this one I could have helped my parents with. It's been given to God. So you make the word of God of no effect by your traditions. And then let me not get into idolatry that Christians practice. Let me just sit on my message. So giving starts from little things like sharing with your friend. Giving thanks for things like you go to, you are going to school, your parents give you money to go and buy clothes, and you know you have a good friend in school. 
He doesn't come with such money. So he has a habit of wearing shirts that are like the one the Israelites finished with in the wilderness. So when they dropped it, and the anointing left it. The agent of 40 years showed up. You see that. And then you've always wanted this Armani shirt. Except that the Armani shirt buys eight regular shirts. You know what I'm talking about. You know what God says? It's called self-denial. You come to the regular level. Yes, your father is rich. We know. But there's nothing wrong with wearing regular shirts. You won't die. You know, like I told you, the little things of life. You will not die. Just that you can't show up to the babes. That's all. That's all. Nothing more than that. And if, in case you don't know, genuine babes are not impressed anyway. It's all the fake ones who you don't need in your life that are impressed. All the ones that are still following uh, Iniedo. All the ones that are following Kim Kardashian. You see them on, you know, on what they call Instagram. And their likes is for fashion. You should know guests are not going anywhere. Look somewhere else, so please, I'm telling you. They're never giving you a book to read. How should you have friends like that? It's called, you know, the Bible says like, <laughs> it's like a gold ring in the snout of a pig. So is a beautiful woman without discretion. This Bible is wicked. <laughs> you see, get away, fine, fine, fine from here to tomorrow. All she, has, all, all she can discuss with you is Kim Kardashian. Just say, let the pig. It's true. All you young women that are here, go home and go and tune your brain to serious things. Go and, go and know what's Brexit, at least. <laughs> Let me get <laughs> Self denial is simple. Instead of buying that one expensive shirt, I look. I buy the cheaper ones. You know why? Because now I can share. That's self-denial. Some boys will come to school and be feeling cooler than you. Tell them all shit is grass. Okay, let's quote the scripture correctly. <laughs> all flesh is grass. And the goodness thereof are like the flowers of the field. So leave that thing. Don't even be impressed. Self-denial is buy the cheaper ones. Because with that, you can buy more. Are you getting my point? And then, tell your friend, deliver him from the wilderness experience. He said, oh, thank you. God bless you. Do you know God? That's what he's counting. We're talking about self-denial. That's why we sow the real seeds. It's not what we get them and say, in the name of Jesus, I claim. No, no. This is where God is deciding who will pour real faith into their hearts and who will not. Because the Bible says neither the circumcision or circumcision promise anything, but faith with does what? Works by love. That's Christianity. It's called self-denial. I've had issues with, you know, that type of like, take power in Nigeria. You know, power in Nigeria is very funny. How people know that power in Nigeria is very funny? God is answering the prayers. When demons are being cast out, they have a way of just checking and checking. A lot of the energy that distribution companies distribute are stolen. You know what they call stolen? People who use and refuse to pay. They are culpable to a large extent also because if you don't meet up people enough, like the other day, Rocky and I were analyzing that, listen, the way they do estimated billing is a loss to them. I don't want to go into that now to take me from my message, but it's a huge loss. They are just, it's, it's, 
It's a stupid idea. They should invest money in billing, in metering people. Estimated billing causes a lot of loss because most people that you build, if you build them heavily, they don't pay. If it's very heavy. Those who build moderately, they use more than you are giving them. More than you are building them. If you fell in a small flat, you think it's cooking with wire. It has a bakery at the back. Electric stove. You don't know where your power is going. At the end of the month, you're giving 10,000. Say, I just bring it high now. The guy has made 50K. He doesn't buy gas again. Anyway, like I said, that's not part of the message. Look, power issue. The gist is too much. So, a lot of them stolen. And then some of the stealing thing. Do you know those who do it? The engineers of the theft. The power officials. Oh, they are the ones that show you how to bypass the meter. You don't know how to do it now. There are places where they will let the people know the inspectors are coming. They will come and help you remove the bypass. People will bypass their air conditioners, which is the number one consuming thing in the homes. They bypass straight to the power line, and there are other things to go through the meter. And who did it for them? The power people. That's why they started hanging meter on pole. Even then, some of them said, when they came to install my meter the other day, I was not in town, so... Our tall reverend helped me to talk, meet the people. They were saying, say, that there's something they would do. That <laughs> say, just install your meter and go. Ah, no, no, no. If they do it like this now, just install your meter and go. I said, don't answer them. All they are looking for is money. That if you just give them some money, say, wait, you help you do it, that the meter will run slowly. I said, of course, Yinka just told them that, thank you very much. We are not interested. Hang your meter and go. Now, this is, where I'm, this is where I'm going. One reason why I do, I would not take up your offer of let's do this or that is this. First, of course, it's common unrighteousness. So you understand my point? We don't want to be thieves. All right? Why do we want to steal? All right? If you're a thief in the house, say amen. So you're not a thief. Neither am I. So we are righteous, the righteous people of God in Jesus' name, amen? amen? Good. Now, this is where I'm going. The second reason, which for me is more, most important at this point, is that I don't want anybody to remove my ability to pray for the power sector. Because once you become an energy thief, you automatically cannot pray in that area. I hope you're getting my point. It's called self-denial. So sometimes, denying yourself is costly. You will pay more taxes than other people. You know, you know when, when, have you ever been in traffic? Everybody's scattering traffic. You know, in Nigeria, it's very common. There's a queue. People just avoid the queue of traffic. They shun, then the two now block in front. You know the way it works. One of the reasons why I try my best, you know, sometimes they pinch your body like this, is that I just said there has to be order. There has to be order. Somebody has to sow the seed for the order. Listen, you die for things that you want to improve. That's just the way it is. Jesus died to save the world. Do you hear what I said? I hope that truth is clear to you. That it will change the system, you often suffer and die first. When I say suffer and die, that is the way by which you would have avoided that suffering will include breaking rules. And because you love righteousness, which is the reason why God is listening to you, it will make you suffer. That's why Jesus went to the cross. 
there's a kind of voice that the child of God, actually not just the child of God, any person. Now when I say the child of God, I mean Christian. Any person that has been treated unjustly, there's a kind of voice with which they speak and it resounds in heaven. So when a person is a believer and he suffers unrighteousness, injustice, and he or she speaks, he speaks differently. So sometimes God just allows them to experience it. So that is why sometimes you have been overbuilt. People say, let's help you cut it, let's join, let's bypass it. No, say no. I'm amongst those praying for power to be constant in the nation. So I will, in quotes, suffer for righteousness sake. Do you get my point here? Yeah, that's the way it works. That is the way it works. One of my friends, one sister, one were in Lagos, she told me something then. She's from a family where they have, I think they are all girls, that the children of the family, or they have a lot of them. Their father is a Muslim. Now, but all the girls are Christians. Very common in Western Nigeria. Very, very common. A man is a Muslim. His children are Christians. It's very common, you know. You find the wife is a Christian. Then the children, they just end up being believers. That is, they go to church and all of that. So that was the situation in this home. And the man didn't mind until wedding time. The girl now said she wants to marry. The father now said there's no problem. But you are coming to wed in the mosque. Ah. Now, let me tell you the truth. The understanding I have today, you can't elope. You know what they call eloping? You can't go away without the father, your father giving you out in marriage. You can't. And the man said the only condition under which he will do it is that she will come and wait in the mosque. So she will become Hadiza. No, Hadiza is not a, We don't do that in Western Nigeria. She will become... Um, give me a Muslim name now. Uh-huh. Thank you, Rashida. Salamat. Thank you. And the brother will now become Rashidi. <laughs> for just for the evening. And they will go and do everything. And they will go back to church and give praise. You know? A lot of people do it. But the lady says she's not going to do it. Told her father, I'm a Christian, you know. I want your blessing. I want you to give me out in marriage, but I'm not coming to the mosque. The man said, okay, forget it now. This thing dragged though. First year, man didn't change his mind. Second year, didn't change his mind. Ah, no. It, oh, it's not a story of six months. Old. I don't know how many years they sat on it. And the brother was very patient. Love is good. Yeah, he was telling me about love just now. After a long time, of course, with prayer and everything and counseling, that is, people talking to the father, they kept on praying. They would talk to one uncle, go and beg him. Finally, the man agreed. Of course, he didn't come for the wedding. But he gave his blessing. But they could go and wed in the church. Maybe registry, he will go and all of that. But this is where I'm going. You see where I'm going. Now, the sister, that's the elder sister, the major reason she did that, it was not because she understood faith, that my friend is one of the younger girls, I mean, the youngest girl, I think, in the house. She was telling me the story of her eldest sister. They are all Christians. That, do you know why her sister did that? That the sister said, it wasn't because she had the kind of faith that some of us think we have. No. She just said that I have a lot of younger sisters. I need to fight this fight for them. I don't know what I heard when I said. That she said, this, all of this is not about me. But I have to win this one for the rest of them. I'm not eloping. I'm not running away. I will wait until this man changes his mind. 
And of course, the man understood that if this girl stands like this, all the younger ones are going to do like this. And he did the number of daughters he had. After a long, it took time. It's not two days. It took a few years. The man finally backed down. And the girl said, I've won the victory, not for myself, but for everybody else. That's what Christianity is. It's called self-denial. It's called self-denial. If you read Brother Andrews got smuggler, he said when he used to travel then, he met a couple somewhere in other Romania, Bulgaria, one of those Eastern Bloc countries. Poor. They were poor. They were suffering. The whole neighborhood was deserted because people had run away to the West, found their way out to go and get a better life in the West. So when he was leaving, he now asked them, why have you not left? Because they were in poverty. They were in the rural area. There was nothing. You see, why have you not left now? And this man looked at him like, what? You know, like with surprise in his face. Ah, who will stay behind to pray? That was just his own like, ah, no, now, what are you talking about? We have to redeem this land. Other people have gone, no, that's their own portion. Our portion is to stay behind and pray. So when you hear that communism collapsed one day, you hear that the great serpent fell. People were seeing vision of a great red serpent that something beheaded. It's because of people like that. It was not easy. Even their own children had gone. They were alone. And they told Brother Andrew, we have to stay behind to pray. That is what Christianity is. It's self-denial. It's, <laughs> it is self-denial. It is self-denial. Some people will go and join Nigerian police. No matter whether you, whether you like police or don't like police. Do you understand? It's your problem. But God will put you there. You will join. You will become an ASP. ASP. When they become an assistant commissioner. Whatever. Then you will have trouble. Did I say I forgot that part? You will see what they call persecution. But that persecution is a right to pray. All of us are praying. The average citizen is praying. The average person is praying. But then God now takes the man inside and says, go there. You start praying from inside. Of course, you don't solve your hands. You don't do anything that you, that you criticize normally that people do. Which means you have a lot of financial issues and all of that. He says, stay there and pray. When you have finished praying, then you see change happen. Jesus was not born free of charge. Hannah was there praying. I hope you are getting my point. Simeon was there praying. And there are people who prayed in different parts of the world. I am convinced of that. Before salvation came. Christianity is self-denial. How did I get into this? Talking about uh, sowing small, small seeds, right? Yes. So let's get back to the message. So we deliberately do little things. Because that is a basis upon which great things happen. Five areas. No, four areas we've been looking at by which we build our faith. One. Remind me. Yes. Number one, we interpret our lives. Now, the word is deliberately. Not whether it makes sense or it doesn't make sense. We deliberately say, what did the Bible say about this? Number two, we generate our expectations, both for the assignments we have in life and for what we are supposed to receive in life from the word of God. Three, precepts. We deliberately build. How do I do business? This is how I do my business. How do I run my home? These are the rules by which I run my home. 
Have everything is built on the word of God. Then, last of all, the words that we speak. You know, I've been trying to talk about that since last week, but I just have not been able to settle on it. I was hoping that I would finish that one today, but today we ended up speaking about self-denial. Last time I spoke about um, avoiding enemies of uh, destiny. <laughs> but let's, okay, let me just try and read it again today. I hope I can finish it. So the last one we said is what? The words that we speak. Our Bible reading today was taken from Numbers chapter 14. And the reason why we read that is to see how people's words condemned them. Paul said they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Now that unbelief reflected in the words that they spoke. But I want us to understand also that of course the people spoke because of what filled their hearts. We talked about that last time briefly. So we must be careful to fill our hearts all right, so that we can say the things that are right in the ears of God. But you see that portion we read, you see the emphasis was laid on what they said. And God used expressions that are interesting. If you use my Bible, New American Standard, he said things that these people have conspired against him. If you read verse 35, he said, I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I will do to all this evil congregation who have gathered together against me. Now that's one word there. In this wilderness they shall be destroyed and they will die. Now you see, the, worst, the problem they had were the things that came forth from their mouths. That is, they said, we are not able to go in. Why did they say that? They were reacting, all right, to the things that they saw around them. And that's what I want to talk about briefly. Children of God, be careful when you react to things around. Your words are counting in the heavens. Those words are being used. You know, there's something they call this, the Miranda or Mar- Mirinda law. Miranda. That's the rule of when you're arresting people. They say you have the right to remain silent. Now, know something about that rule. Is there anything you say can be used against? <laughs> Is that against? That's my point. The against. Why not in your favor? What when you arrest arresting? I said, I didn't do it. Just use it in the court. No. Use it against you. And we've seen these things are very powerful. I like the way they say it in the law. You have the right to do what? Remain silent. My personal advice to Christians is if you don't know what to say, be silent. Rule number one, be silent. Don't say anything. Let me say it this other way. Until you have discovered what God expects you to say about the situation, shut up. Lest you say things that will be used against you. In law, one of the most powerful of evidence you have is the testimony of the accused. When he goes against himself. That is why police will do anything to make you confess. Because once you, that once you are the one that says it, that's it. That's the best that they have. I watched a lot of crime, you know, documentaries on TV in which there's no way they can solve that crime. But they suspect this man who did it. So they use all kinds of methods just to get him to say something. It's those words that are most powerful. And the truth is that it's also like that in the realm of the spirit. Israel did not enter the promised land simply because they said, we can't. That's it. They just said, we cannot. Let's not talk about Israel because we all know the stories about Israel. Let's talk about us today. First, let me say something quickly to, to everyone listening. 
when God got angry with the Israelites, I hope you understand that they understood, they thought that what they were saying were justified. Or was justified. For example, when they say we can't enter, you know what it means? I'll tell you. You want to go to battle. You don't have too many weapons. Your average height is half of the height, the average height of people you are fighting. They are living in fortified cities. You don't have a proper army. They have proper trained soldiers. And you have children that you are supposed to protect. No, all those kind of things. It made sense. That's what I'm going to emphasize. It was reasonable that they said they couldn't enter. And that one I want you to understand. If you are hungry and you are single, you know it's not a very difficult thing. You're going to visit somebody. Hey guys, what's happen for this house? Whatever they eat, they give you. And if there's nothing, you will sleep. But it's very terrible when you're hungry and you have three children who are now hungry because of you. It's very painful. You could have withstood that pain all by yourself. But when they now come and tap you, Daddy, I'm hungry. They will see you go to the bathroom. You're not going to easy. You want to go and cry. So they don't see it. You're hungry. I'm coming. You close your eyes. You bang your head against the wall. You, you cannot withstand that hunger. Boy, somebody... Do you get my point? Now, so get what I'm trying to explain. So when Israel went to Moses to go and complain about thirst, you should understand what they were going through. They had good reasons. Do you know they were not justified? That thing made God so angry, he wanted to destroy them. What am I trying to say? You try to go to Onicha, and you have spent four hours trying to cross Oka. It's justified to grumble, isn't it? Humanly speaking. And you know, I want to talk about grumbling a bit. And don't think those people turn to God and say, God, it's not go better for you. I need to bring us for here. They never said that. They did not directly speak against God. Who would do that? They spoke against who? Moses. They spoke about their circumstances. Would that we had died in Egypt. At least we get a decent barrier. They said, oh, now you are, you, they did not speak against God. Many people who are speaking against the head of state of Nigeria today, or the governor of his, of their state, or, alright, or the situation of their economy, they don't know they are speaking against God because they don't mention his name. Israel also did not mention his name, yet they were guilty of grumbling against him. So I have a word for every child of God here today. Until you know exactly what to say, shut up. That is that which will please God. You don't speak according to what is right. One day, one of my colleagues, of course, I had a chat group of colleagues in the office then that everybody talked. To. One day I, I talked, I, I was tired. I said, you people, I, a, you know, they are all doctors, so they are, I could use medical expression. I say, talking to you guys is a guaranteed etiologic factor for clinical depression. I said, have the chat. I said, I wake up in the morning, you guys are whining and complaining. I said, in case you have forgotten, you are the cream of this society. You earn much more than the average person. Most of you are talking own houses, your own land, you have all of that. 
All you do is complain every day. Why can't you even thank God for once? Once I said, God knows I'm grateful. It's in my heart. I say, hey. <laughs> it's not true. It's not there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Early one morning, while they all slept, I exited the group. Somebody told me later that they, they, were, they were abusing me behind my back. What difference does it make? And I said, last time, protect your face. Oh. I said, no, no, I can't join this kind of talk. If I have, and I've told you, my experience has been that when you mix Christians, at least nominal Christians in Nigeria, no, forget nominal, even Pentecostal Christians, tongue-talking Christians who pray fire prayers, when you mix them with Muslims, the Muslims have a better positive attitude towards life, at least Northern Muslims. I can tell that this, one day I rebuked a whole group of professionals mixed from all over Nigeria. The only people that gave me thumbs up were Muslims. And what I told them is simple. Why do you grumble so much? There's so much that God has done for us. Why do we look at another man's country that is, I said, did people not build that place? They're not looking like, what's wrong? I said, all the people that gave me thumbs up, Muslims. And then they're not telling me why should Buhari be president. Let me tell you the truth, if I was God. No, see, I'm not joking about what I'm about to tell you. I will make another Muslim the next president. As long as the southern Christians continue to behave like this. Yes, it's that's how spiritual things work. Because on the average, they demonstrate more faith. They contribute more faith into the environment. On the average. Listen, one of my own assignments in life, that's my major assignment, is just to tell Christians, behold your God. Behave properly. Contribute faith into the environment. When you are speaking in such a manner that God will be pleased, let me tell you ahead of time, most times, most times, you will be unreasonable. Most times. Now, people, in fact, I've talked to a, to a point. People tell me that. Um, it's like, is this government settling you? At one day, I now sat down and composed a response to them. I said, I'm performing a Christian duty. That what I'm doing is a Christian duty. It is the job of a Christian to speak the way I'm speaking. It does not mean you don't see anything that is wrong. It only means that when you see what is wrong, you go and pray. But when you want to open your mouth to speak, you must, grumbling, criticisms must not come from your mouth. It's called murmuring against God, even though you don't mention his name. If God were to show us the way he judges, Kai will be surprised. Let me just summarize it so that we can go home. This is the point I'm making. When Israel began to grumble, they didn't mention God's name. But it was a sin against him. And when they grumbled, it was based on facts that they had. They were not imagining things. That is, they don't think they ha- you have things worse than they had. Because, you know, as a child, what's wrong with these people's self? You know when we're reading? Get angry. What's wrong with these people's self? With everything that God has done for them. Look at them. Cooperated by mighty power. You know what? There's nothing God did for them. He has not done for you. And you murmur more than they did. Let me prove it to you. There's nobody that's alive now, here, that God has not delivered from death. Yes? Whether you know it or not. He, ah, ask Israel. When the tanker exploded in front of him, he jumped out of the South vehicle and was running for... Ask him. People were being burnt while he watched. He said he jumped out there. They were racing. Fire was racing after them. 
He saw people's skin. This was, was melting off their body. So, look, look. Whether you know about it or not, God has delivered you from death. So, if you were to say, what's wrong with Israel? I don't, I don't mean this Israel now. I'm talking about the Israel of the Bible. <laughs> Ask yourself, what is wrong with me? Because just like you have things to grumble about, they also have things to grumble about. And the Bible calls it murmuring against God. Let me end it here. Never open your mouth to speak about situations until you know what God is pleased with in that situation. Lest you be guilty of murmuring against him. That's what I'm talking about. Remember we're talking about what? Being our faith. We must be what? Deliberate. It's deliberate. It's deliberate. Ah, I pray, oh God, you know, this preaching thing, so many things to say. There are different aspects of life. Eh? You just get up, make up your mind. Which words? Let me tell you something about words. You know what David said? Let's read this particular scripture, then I, I close with it. Maybe I continue on that point next time. Psalm 19. Okay, let, just, um, let me start from verse um, 7. To be nice to read these verses and close with them. To the end of the chapter. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, they are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. He now said, who can descend, now follow this, who can descend his errors? Acquaint me, acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Now just for, for you to understand, presumptuous sins are the ones you do knowing they are wrong. There are errors, you don't understand that one. Then acquit me of hidden faults, sins you can't just help doing. He said, let them not rule over me, that is, all these sins. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Now verse 14 is what I wanted to read. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Why I read this is to bring out the fact that Words can be pleasing to God. There are words that are pleasing to Him. There are words that are displeasing. And what do we do as believers? We deliberately learn the words that are pleasing to God. In every situation, there are words that are pleasing to God. And the assignment we have as Christians, just go and learn them. That is, it's not how you feel like. Let me give an example. You know, young boys, or young boys, I don't know about young boys these days, we have this habit, we had this habit of using negative words to describe ourselves. I don't know what you remember. Did you ever do that? They are still doing it here now. It's like, you, it has to be, and it's fun. That's where I'm going. It's supposed to be fun. So, boy, ah, this foolish boy don't come, and everybody will laugh. The guy is not foolish. He's saying, you know, you just have to say something funny. And we decided that same words like that, it's funny. And it became a habit. But as I began to grow as a believer, I realized that those words are displeasing to God. There are things you say, the Holy Spirit will leave. 
The Bible talks about quench not the spirit. You can quench the spirit with words. You utter some statements and the Holy Spirit is saddened. Now, what I'm talking about is the deliberate action. I'll give you an example before. The Bible says like a madman casting firebrands and arrows. So is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? Well, just a joke. Now, do you know what? It was painful to stop doing April Fool. April Fool was a fun day. But the moment we read that on campus, bye-bye to Jati Jati, according to Midnight Crew. We said that's the end. Now, that fun, remember I said Christianity is what? Self-denial. That fun, we liked it too, but we said these words are displeasing to God. The Bible says we should learn to approve the things that are excellent, not the things that we enjoy. Certain words are displeasing. Certain words are pleasing. So let me end it here. Let us make it a point of duty as believers to learn those words that are pleasing. There are words you use. The Lord is just excited. Let me give an example. Israel is about to take the promised land. They are afraid, as an example. Caleb looks, Jacob, Joshua, what do you think? Oh boy, is that a human being? He asked the other guys, what do you guys think? Yeah. What do, you, what do you say? We thank God. He's good and he's on the throne. And his kingdom endures forever. Have you noticed something? You said nothing about the giants. I hope you get my point. You've not addressed the situation. But instead of saying something that is fear, that is, I express the fear that is inside your heart, you decide to give God praise. The best it would have been, yes, our God is with us. He's God in heaven. And we'll take this land. But you didn't have the faith. So just stop it where you, you know, there are some places that you can't go wrong in some things. Ah, what do you think? The Lord is good and his mercy endure forever. Eh, you sure? Forever, he is God. You know, God, it would have been better if they said, if we die, let's die here. And if we died in the will of God. Amen? Amen. You know, God would not have judged them. You know why? Because they uttered words. They saw the Bible calls acceptable words. One of my teaching to believers, go home and learn acceptable ways to speak. You know, when you are angry, Americans, Americans have filled the atmosphere with so much negative way of reacting to shock, to anger. And all of them, negative four-letter words. Some of them mean poo-poo. You know, dong. And they, they turned it to swear words. And you know what I found out? A man must swear. It's a habit. So you know what I did? I said, what is the acceptable way to swear? In quotes. You know what I mean? To utter ang- angrily. Simple. So I, I deliberately cultivated a new one. When you do something, I say, hey, Jesus is Lord. You know, he's Lord. Amen. Say 50 times, he's Lord. Amen? Amen. Whatever you say, he's Lord. Amen. <laughs> Do you understand? You can never be wrong. Do you know what? It took me a few months. It's not my reflex reaction. And then you know, the day I felt very happy. This is my boy. That's my son. Again. One of his younger ones. I saw him do like this. Jesus is Lord. I said, Father, I thank you. Are you getting my point? That this habit is becoming a habit. Are you getting my point? But what, what I'm talking about is it was deliberately chosen. It did not come spontaneously. 
It was a choice that let us use words that are acceptable. The other ones that feed our hearts from watching movies, from reading books, from having conversation in modern days. Then we said, no, let us choose what? Acceptable words. Let's give a lot of thanks for the word of today. Say, Lord, thank you for always filling my heart with truth. Now, thank God for healing. I told you it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Thank God for direction. Ah, no, that one is normal. When people get clarity as these words are coming forth. Say, Lord, I thank you for direction. I thank you for clarity. I thank you for healing. Thank you for, thank you for the understanding that he gave to you. Thank you for the knowledge of self-denial. Say, Lord, self-denial. Self-denial. I walk in self-denial. Say, Lord, I thank you for light, for clearing away darkness, for separating darkness from my light. Just thank the Lord for the understanding that has entered your heart. Thank you, Lord. And as you do speak words, say that, Father, I thank you because I continue to walk in self-denial. I go forth empowered. I walk in self-denial. I deny self to please you. I live in a manner that is pleasing to you at whatever cost. Say, Lord, I live my life to make it pleasing to you. Blessed be your name, eternal Father. You are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right, the Lord is good. Let's rise to our feet. Let's share the grace so we can go home. The Lord is good in your life. Give me an amen. amen. I'm declaring it now. I'm not asking. I say the Lord is good in your life. Amen. The Lord is good to you. Amen. The Lord is good to you, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is filling you with the knowledge of his will. Amen. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Amen. You are walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Amen. You are pleasing him in all respect. Amen. You are bearing fruit in every good work. Amen. And continually increasing the knowledge of God. Amen. The words that have come forth today has stamped you with God's goodness. Amen. Protection. Amen. Favor. Amen. Protection. That is no evil will befall you. Amen. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. See, you've heard stories of arm robbery, kidnapping, this and that. It will not come near you in Jesus' name. Amen. 12 midnight, at home, on the road, safety is your portion. Amen. 12 midday, at home, on the road, safety is your portion. Amen. At work, wherever you might be, safety is your portion. Amen. Your children, you can't be with them all the time. But the Lord is with them all the time. Amen. Your loved ones... I command the blessing of God upon them for your sake. Amen. Anyone who will make you cry, you know, if, because by his or, his or her troubles, God will show him mercy for your sake in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. The Lord will supply all your needs. Amen. The Lord will open great doors for you. Amen. Doors of influence. Amen. You know, like Joseph, you will be influential. Amen. We know the meaning of that now. Like Joseph, you will be influential. Amen. You will affect people with your presence. Amen. You will affect people with your wealth. Amen. 
you will affect people with your influence. You will affect people with the blessing, the favor, the, you know, the anointing of God and the gift of God in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me say this again. No matter what is hurting your body, that pain disappears now in Jesus' name. See, whether it's genetical or it was a mistake you made or something you did, whatever that started it. He said, who sinned that Jesus should be born blind? Jesus said, neither. But is it him or his parents? He said, don't worry about it. Let me do the work of God that he sent me to do because I must walk the work of him that sent me while it is day. God's work is perfected in you in the name of Jesus. Whether it's genetic or acquired in you or in your loved one, I command the healing power of God to touch you now in Jesus' name. You will have an experience that will make doctors wonder. They will review your case that they didn't make a mistake before. God has written the past. That's what happened. You know, I don't believe in the God that does not change the past. My God changes the past. And your past that's negative, it will change in the name of Jesus. One thing I should say again, I said God forgives sin. I may say to you again, your sins are forgiven. The sins of your childhood, they are forgiven. All you need to do is just say, Lord, I was wrong, and you will be forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Some people, they've been tempting God. Do you know why? They told them that you can tempt God. For that reason, God will forgive you. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. The least some people do is because somebody lied to them. But that's why it is in Christianity. Now you know it's not like that. You won't do it again. Amen. But every offense until now, you are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm saying that because I'm sure of it. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give a lot of thanks this evening if you believe that. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's share the grace and fellowship. Those coming for the first time, open that magazine in your hand to the last page inside. You see the way we share the grace. We release words that are pleasing to God. Or I want to, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly bless the people around you. Say, this is your season. Two more people, please. This is your season. One more person. This is your season. One last one for yourself. This is my season. All right, Sarah, brethren. God bless you.